Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. A couple of weeks ago, I had the pleasure of watching a movie. It was released in 2019 called A Hidden Life. It was beautiful, three hours long, but the cinematography was great, and it was really a feast for the eyes and the soul called A Hidden Life, and it's based on a true story about a young man who lived in Austria. He was a farmer, and he was married, had a young wife and three young daughters. Life was beautiful. But then everything changed, because in 1938, Germany annexed Austria, and now he was thrown into this turmoil because he was now part of this whole endeavor of Hitler. Now, he rejected this annexation, as he should, because he had a dream. He writes about this, and we have his letters that survived, that he wrote to his wife while he was in prison. But he says that he had this dream while his country was being annexed of a beautiful train that was winding its way through Germany into Austria, and there was all kinds of people who were anxious to get on board when it stopped in Austria. And then he heard a very soft voice saying, this train is actually headed to hell. And he discerned that was the voice of God, and he needed to oppose this annexation and all that was implied in it. He lived in a small village of 500 people. Most of the people in the town really did welcome this annexation, but he stood firm. He was a reader, so he knew what was going on that led up to this, the eugenics movement and so forth. And so he allowed his conscience to form him. Now, in the 19, early 40s, he was given reprieve, allowed to continue to farm because that was considered essential, providing food for the people. But when things turned south to Germany and they lost a lot of men, 500,000 they lost in the Battle of Stalingrad. So now there was pressure to bring all these men up and serve in the army. 
But he stood firm and he said, no, I will not serve a war that I know is unjust. And so he was arrested, put in prison. But while in prison, he wrote letters to his wife. And these letters survive, and they form the basis of the movie that was put out. So I'm just going to quote two small sentences that he wrote that are very instructive. The first is prophetic, and you'll see as I read it. And then the second is more deeply spiritual, relating to our gospel today. Here's the first statement, the prophetic statement he makes while in prison. When we inquire a little into history, we come time and again to the same conclusion. When one nation takes over another by means of war, it usually does not enter into the land to improve the life of its people, nor does it bestow gifts on its people, but in order to obtain something such as oil or farmland and so on. How prophetic is that? History tends to repeat itself. We see what's going on in the Ukraine. Second statement he writes to his wife that again relates to the gospel. He says, if a person were to possess all the world's wisdom and be able to claim half the earth as its own, he could and would still be less fortunate than the poor person who can claim nothing of his own except his deep Catholic faith. I would not exchange my small, dirty cell for a king's palace if I was required to give up even a small part of my faith. All that is earthly, no matter how much or how beautiful, comes to an end, but God's word is eternal. Notice those last few words. God's word is eternal. That's what relates to our gospel, because Jesus says to the apostles and to us, Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. There's the hidden life that the movie was based on. The young man's name was Franz Jägerstatter, and he had this beautiful inner life because the word of God dwelt within. He knew God's word, he pondered it, it shaped him, and he was able to stand firm and say, I will not contravene God's word and be forced into this whole war effort that I know is unjust. And he was willing to suffer for it. And he eventually was executed as a war criminal. But we have his letters, and they're beautiful. They were made into a book. I highly recommend the movie, A Hidden Life, because it really does portray that when we do keep God's word, God becomes a friend of ours and lives in us. The Holy Trinity comes to dwell within. And there is this beautiful life. Franz Jagerstetter was peaceful through this whole ordeal. All around him was a great storm. He had this inner peace. Even in the prison when he was being tortured, he had this great peace and faith. This principle that Jesus is teaching us, that when we keep his word, he and the Father and the Spirit will make their home within us, really is prepared for us in the Old Testament because we have those certain individuals who did keep God's word, that stood firm, and God came to dwell 
with them. Noah, for example, when all the world was continually thinking and doing evil, he walked with God and he obeyed his word. And the text says God was a friend of Noah. And what do friends do for each other? They share intimate secrets. That's what God did with Noah. He said to Noah what he was going to do with the world and the flood. He asked him to build an ark. Noah kept that word. God then created a whole covenant based on Noah because they were friends. He didn't speak to anyone else. He spoke to Noah. Abraham. Abraham was a friend of God. He heard God's word. He followed God. And God came to his friendship. And when those three strangers came to Abraham's tent, remember the story, he welcomed them. One of them was God. And God said to Abraham, this time next year, you will have a son. Then he said what he was going to do with Sodom and Gomorrah, who did not hear and keep God's word. And then he allowed Abraham to actually barter with God down from 50 righteous to 10. Because again, that's what friends do. They offer each other gifts and favors. Daniel was captured by Nebuchadnezzar. He was a friend of God. He kept God's word. God gave him dreams like our Franz Jägerstetter. And Daniel became one of the most powerful people in that pagan empire that Nebuchadnezzar himself relied upon because he was a friend of God. Well, Franz Jägerstadter was raised up to beatification in 2007 by Pope Benedict. He was declared a martyr, which means he does not require miracles to become canonized. His feast day was actually yesterday, and God willing, he will be canonized and we'll have another saint to follow and to ask for intercession. I just tell you this story because the word of God is so powerful that when we open our hearts to it, God will come in and be a friend of ours and our life will be hidden, interior, and able to do God's will and a beautiful life, even though we suffer. Now, the context of today's gospel was the upper room. And what did Jesus do in the upper room? He confected the Eucharist, that great sacrament that has God come into us, as we will experience in today's Mass, in the Eucharist. And today we're very happy to have with us Stella and Roman, who will be making their first communion. And we as a family of parishes, this parish in particular, all of us here welcome you and congratulate you for knowing the importance of the Eucharist. And we just pray that you would continue to come and be part of our family and we open our hearts to each other and live this beautiful life. So God bless you and let us each consider the word of God primary. And let God be friends of ours, disclose himself to us, that we can be like Franz Jägerstatter and have a beautiful life. Beautiful, luminous, a feast for the eyes and the soul. It's called a hidden life, three hours, but beautiful.
time where we really do understand how God can work in a single person's life that had such an impact on our world.